Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. First thing you hate that most people love, strawberries. Yeah, I hate, I do not like strawberries. They just make my tongue all messed up. People like seafood. I, I can't do seafood. I cannot do seafood. It's sushi, I don't, that's, I don't like that though. <laughs> ketchup. I hate ketchup. I don't like ketchup. I hate mayonnaise. I hate mayonnaise. I don't like on anything. So yeah, mayonnaise. I don't like mayo. I would probably say onions. People love onions and I hate them so much. Nasty. I hate cucumbers. Oh, and I hate watermelon. I don't, I don't like watermelon at all. People love it. I don't know why. Mm, watermelon. Skydiving or being up in a plane or a helicopter or anything like that. That's a no-no for me. I don't like that. Cats. <laughs> I, I hate cats and everybody loves them. Bunnies. Because <laughs> I don't like rodents. But people think that those things are sweet. Is a rabbit a rodent? I don't think a rabbit's a rodent. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think rabbits are a rodent either. I, I, I I'm with you there. It's. Uh, I mean, I always say that that squirrels are just rats with a long tail. I've never heard anyone say rabbits are just rats with long ears. I don't think that's the case. I. I. I, I, I don't know, and we're getting not a rodent. We have not confirmed. A rodent. Pete right. confirms. Right. Okay. Not a rodent. So there we go. So get your facts straight. I mean, I get do your facts got, straight. I got some. Rabbits there. are not rodents. Yeah. Seriously. Jeez. Could you do that? You throw them in the rodent family. How disrespectful! But like, I I could get behind that that little exercise. I'm with. Uh, I can't remember who said it. Strawberries. That, that that ain't for me. That's one where yeah, people like in the summertime they go oh strawberries oh they're so delicious and I'm just like eh. And then the other one here, Mike. Let me get see your feel on this one. You know, like truffles, right? You go to like a really nice high end. Uh, restaurant, you know, and they, oh, we have truffle or truffle sauce. or And that's one where I don't know what it is. I smell it and I'm like, get it away from me. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't I don't go to those restaurants. They don't let Italians in those restaurants. So I don't know what truffles are. <laughs> OK, um, so uh, I, I the mayo, I, I hate I hate I hate everything about 
mayonnaise. Everything about man. I I not a huge fan. Handle mayonnaise. No, no. And I don't like mustard either. Ketchup, yes, but only in the right circumstances. You know, as the dipping agent for fries or you know. So what do you put on if you make a good hot dog on the grill? What are you throwing on top of the hot dog? Like, what are you gonna do there? Chili and chili and coleslaw. Okay, so you're not going to do any type of uh, any sauce there, right? I'm, I'm no, kind of no ketchup, nothing. no mustard. I'm a barbecue sauce and a mustard guy when it comes to a burger or a hot dog. Man, that's living. In fact, I had that yesterday. I'm, I had three hot dogs with a little barbecue sauce and a line of uh, mustard. It was really damn good. Three hot dogs. Three. Well, you are a giant. So three. Yeah, I mean, sense. three hot dogs is nothing for me. I'm 230 pounds. I mean, I just had got done with a hard workout. I mean, that was easy. I, I shoved that down the hole there in a, you, in a you second. Really, <laughs> you really could pick me up and throw me through a wall. <laughs> I just don't ever. I'd do like that. to. That's why I want you here. I want to throw you through the. Make the show better when I get to hit you and be physical with you. Everybody loves when I beat you up. So that's why I want you to move up here. Except me. Except <laughs> Who cares me. about you? That's the thing that I hate. <laughs> that everybody else loves <laughs> yeah. you physically assaulting me <laughs> right well you only got you only got you only got one more year and 51 weeks to do it because once i turn 60 it's elder abuse and i will sue your ass <laughs> yeah. and get you put in jail <laughs> okay lock him up all right all right <laughs> i'll get it in in the next year <laughs> by the way so. <laughs> by the way by the way rabbits were rodents until the early 20th century when scientists learned more about their teeth their skeletons and their digestive systems thank you pete the uh, zoologist for clarifying that for us. And now we can move on. Chris Jones, not at mandatory minicamp. He has a base salary of $19.5 million in the final year of a four-year $80 million contract. And he has a cap hit of $28.3 million. He wants a new contract. He deserves a new contract. We've made the case for him in the past. They don't win Super Bowl 54. without him because he freaked out Jimmy Garoppolo enough to open the door for the comeback. And they don't get to Super Bowl 57 without him because he's the one that kept Joe Burrow from slicing and dicing his way down the field to win the game in Kansas City for the right to go to the Super Bowl. No doubt. Uh, You know, this is one of the best defensive players in football. This one was not a shock, right? We might have been shocked by Stephon Diggs. I think we all knew this was, you know, coming down the the pipe here as far as uh, Chris Jones holding out. It's his his contract is it's too low for the quality of player he is right now. He's one of the most dominant defensive players in the NFL. I think it's last year and we said this during the end of the year. It was the first year where we went somebody not named Aaron Donald was the best defensive tackle in football. Chris Jones has been either two or three for the last four or five years at least. Last year he was the most dominant. You know, there's no question about that. So what do they do, Mike? You know, I would think they can find some sort of an extension, signing bonus, sweetener, whatever, to close the gap here and make Chris Jones feel like he's appreciated and and being paid like one of the best players in football like he is. Well, and look at what all these other guys are making who are lesser players than him. You know, we have discussed whether or not Quinnen Williams of the Jets, who's trying to get his contract, is trying to get closer to Aaron Donald than that $22.5 to $23.5 million range that you see three guys in. I think Chris Jones is the one who's got the case to kiss $30 million a year when you look at where those other guys are, when you consider what Chris Jones has done. And, and hey, this may be a situation where the Chiefs are trying to do that Jedi mind trick on Chris Jones. Patrick Mahomes took less. 
Patrick Mahomes took less trying to hold the team together, trying to win Super Bowls. That's not going to work on everybody. No. May not work on Chris Jones. No, you're, you're right. It's not going to work on You're right to say that. It's not going to work on everybody. You know, he, he doesn't have 12 more years of his career left like Patrick Mahomes, right? He's looking at it like going, wait, it's all come together here. Mind, technique, physical ability. I'm, I'm in my, my prime here, and I might not have much longer here to go. And that's where it gets a little tricky for the Chiefs because, yeah, you know, as far as age, amount of years of play, uh, you know, the, the history shows us that to be up there at this point of your career, it's only going to be, you know, how much longer will it be? So that's where the Chiefs got to figure out how much they want to invest in Chris Jones. But, yeah, right now, for everything that Chris Jones does, uh, I mean, he's he's amazing. Run game, pass game, big moments, all of that. And I, I'm with you, Mike. I think that he certainly has to surpass Jeffrey Simmons. There's no question about that. And he probably gets close to 30 when it's all said and done. That's a great point, though. It's easy for a quarterback to do team-friendly deals because the quarterback over the course of his career is going to do more deals than any other player. Right assuming that he stays healthy. For guys like defensive linemen, especially interior defensive linemen, the candle burns bright and it doesn't burn for very long. And you better get paid while you can because relative to the franchise quarterback, your window is narrow. So do it now. Take a stand if you need to. We support Chris Jones in his efforts to get yep. paid what he deserves. Buda Baker, the Cardinals' safety, wants out requested a trade he's working on some things quote unquote he's present for mandatory minicamp he didn't practice on tuesday look i don't know how this plays out but i i can't imagine that any veteran member of the cardinals wants to be there given this vibe that they don't care at all about 2023 and they're thinking about 2024 and beyond yeah i it, it this is uh this is one to watch for here Right, he's under contract for what is it, two more years, right, Mike? Right, I mean, this, this is—it's dicey, you know. It's the part of the career where you'd go, hey, he doesn't necessarily want to be there. He wants to be a part of a winner. He's really good, and he'd like not be a part of the rebuilding process. And you know, for the new team, it's like you talked about a little while ago. It's like, hey, we want volunteers, not hostages. How much is he all in? But where it's tough is he's really damn good football player. And Jonathan Gannon's a defensive coach. And, man, he'd like a guy like Buda Baker to be out there to help his defense, certainly. You know, but at the same time, you know, this, if you wanted to trade him, this would be the time you could get the most, you know, worth or, or assets for a player like Buda Baker with two years left on his deal, the quality of player he is. So you could strike it, you know, rich as far as that's concerned. If you get a team that's willing to play some ball here, or has a team a team that has a real need at the position, so this is interesting here. And yeah, I I I, I get the feeling that Buda Baker doesn't want to be there, but I, I don't know what other options he's got right now, and if Arizona is really willing to trade him or not. Well, and you know the reality is, yeah, you can kick the can through this year. You can wait till the trade deadline. You can wait to get the maximum return if you are thinking about doing it. But for now, the challenge is just get it to settle down and see if you can keep him around long enough to make that long-term decision. Because, again, the Cardinals are in that mode of thinking of the future clearly. Clearly and obviously, they're thinking about the future and laying the foundation for something to come down the road. The Jets have the very positive vibes with Aaron Rodgers, and he's happy and everything's great. And, of course, injuries can happen. 
report indicates that the Jets fear a serious knee injury for safety. Chuck Clark, he signed with the Jets after playing six prior years with the Baltimore Ravens, played 1,248 consecutive snaps dating back to week 16 of 2021. So, uh, you know, now the Jets have to deal with that. Adrian Amos joined the team yesterday to fill that void in the event that Clark can't play this year. It happens. That's the thing that that occurs every year. We spend the full offseason talking about what is to come, what is to be, what might happen, who's going to be good, who's not going to be good. The reality is injuries will change everything, and it's impossible for us to factor those in in advance. But yeah, that's just yeah. the way it works. Yeah, it, it, it stinks. Chuck Clark, I, I love watching him play. He's no-nonsense. He's an all-gas, no-breaks type of guy. He would have been a great fit for that Jets defense. You know, it, it hurts them. It was an important position. You know, again, it's that Seattle scheme. You know, those safeties, they got to be good in their coverage. They got to be down in the box and be really good in the run game. They put a lot of pressure on them in that, in that scheme. You know, so the, that hurts. Adrian Amos is a good player. He's not as good as Chuck Clark. Uh, I feel for Chuck Clark. That's a tough one. And good luck to him in his recovery. Uh, but, yeah, the Jets, I wouldn't be shocked if, the, you know, they try to find somebody else, too, to, to bolster that safety position uh, as the season goes on. As Pete tells us the Jets were the healthiest defense in the NFL last year. Safety LaMarcus Joyner missed three games, the most of any starter. And that's one of the ingredients for a team getting the most it's going to get out of a given year, keeping your best players healthy. There are ways you can try to do it, and there are things you just can't avoid because at the end of the day, it's football, and guys are going to inevitably get injured. The Vikings, as we expected, inevitably cut Dalvin Cook. We'll take a break, and when we return, unless Chris, you got something to add? I no, can, no, I, you're good. I, we've done this long enough that I can hear things that tell me he's got something to add. Okay, I no, misheard then. You're good. You'll hear Dalvin Cook talking about what he's planning to do now that he is available to be signed by any team. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. I love Anthony Richardson. I love everything about Anthony Richardson. I love that voice, although his brother's voice is even deeper. But I love Anthony Richardson, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do. There was a, a projection by the NFL Players Association of the the rookies that are most likely to be the most marketable and sell the most stuff, and he's number one. Yeah, and I'm I don't shocked. think that should surprise anyone. No, yeah. no, it's it's you know he's one of those guys. Uh, the first time in the preseason or the first regular season game when he throws the ball seventy yards in the air, and then the next drive runs seventy yards down the sideline for a touchdown. That young kids and fans are going to jump on that bandwagon in a hurry. And let alone the personality. Like you're saying there, it's it's pretty damn good. So he seems like he's got the right stuff to be special. Hopefully the you know the skills and throwing and the polish there is all coming along too. 
All right, Dalvin Cook became officially available to sign with any team on Friday. We haven't heard much since then. We said yesterday this is that phase where the teams kind of step back and let the players' expectations come back closer to earth before they start making their moves. Cook was on Rich Eisen's show yesterday discussing what he's looking for in his next NFL team. Here he is. I want the value. Um, I want somebody that value Dalvin Cook. Um, I want somebody that that want me to be there and want to give me the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to go into the right situation so I can just go help somebody win. Like you said, like, the money don't come or whatever it comes with. You know, you play good, you know, they're going to pay you. That's what comes with it. But I just want to go somewhere and feel like it's home for me and go somewhere and help somebody win and just go be me, just go turn to lose. I'm just looking for a home. That's it, man. It's a waiting game right now at this point. Just just trying to find that, that right situation. I don't think it's a rush for anything. Like, as far as me picking up plays and going to play football, that's the easy part about the game. But, you know, I just think me me feeling great, which I am, and I think me just being in the, in the right shape and stuff like that, just going to play for a football team, I think that's going to be the best thing. But I'm not in a rush to go, to go sign with nobody. I'm just trying to find the right fit for, for me and my family. And, hey, that gives us something. Finding the right fit. Look, I was under the impression he's going to take top dollar wherever top dollar may be. And maybe that's part of his assessment of what the right fit is. But he's got time. He's taken his time. There isn't a land rush for him the same way there wasn't a land rush for DeAndre Hopkins. The teams aren't in a hurry. The players shouldn't be in a hurry. And I don't look, I, there's a dividing line between player who would suddenly become available and everybody would line up to get him now, 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 now. Players like that don't become available. The player that everyone else would want immediately is not going to be let go by his current team, or he's going to be traded. You're not going to have a free agent like that show up in June. No, exactly right. Uh, Dalvin Cook. I mean, he he said it right, and and I don't know if I if I was you know him, he's just trying to find or strike that balance of like he's talking about value. Dalvin Cook, right? Get paid, but also be on a team that's damn good. You know, I, I don't envision him going like. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go sign with the Houston Texans or something like that because they pay me $10 million. That, that I don't see happening, right? So what, what is that fit? What is that team that would you know fancy a Dalvin Cook or, and even make sense for Dalvin Cook, right? That's what I look at it, Mike, and I, I don't know. I mean, we, I know we talked about Miami. That all see, Everybody thinks to seem that's the obvious fit, which would be electric. You got any other teams that come to your mind where you go, ooh, I could see him being interested in Dalvin Cook or Dalvin Cook being interested in them that at least jumps out to you? Dallas is the other team that I think of. Yeah. Dallas. Because yeah. they keep flirting with the idea of Ezekiel Elliott, and it will cost more to get Dalvin Cook, but you combine Cook with Tony Pollard, Deuce Vaughn as an outside option, I think that could be very interesting in Dallas and a great compliment to their passing game and help them push closer to whatever it is they're trying to do. And what we discussed the other day, if Josh Jacobs doesn't want $10.1 million from the Raiders, remove the franchise tag and sign Dalvin Cook for seven or eight and save some money. You're not going to be a Super Bowl contender this year anyway. And if you can't sign Josh Jacobs to a long-term deal, this is his last year most likely with the Raiders as it is. So, you know, I, I don't think the Giants would do the remove the tender from Saquon Barkley and sign Dalvin Cook, but I think the Raiders are a team that would – at least consider it, especially when you consider that his position coach from Minnesota for five years of his career is now the running backs coach 
in Las Vegas, Kennedy Polamalu. Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting thought. I, I don't, you know, I don't see that happening either. You know, Josh Jacobs in the prime of his career. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with that. You know, I, I, but, but like, you know, after Miami, that's where it's, it's weird. It's hard to look at teams to go, Ooh, this is where it'll make sense. Or I think they can pay him. Like I look at like the Baltimore Ravens. Would they want to flirt with Dalvin cook? Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Dobbins. Yes. We know he can, can be really good, but he didn't look the same last year. He's coming off a knee injury. How close to 100% will he be? Gus Edwards, he was banged up last year, and he's not really your number one guy. That's one, another one that jumps out to me, Mike, right? But after I get through, like, the Dolphins, the Ravens, maybe your Raiders theory there, I, I have a hard time looking at teams that go, ooh, I think this makes sense, or at least they'll give him 7 to $10 million to come there and play running back. The Jets are still kind of lurking out there, too. Yeah. Brees Hall is recovering from a torn ACL, and they're in that all-in mindset. And job number one for them is to get this Aaron Rodgers contract reconfigured. they got about $23 million in cap space now. they got to figure out how much of the Rodgers money is going to land this year, what the cap charge is going to be, and they may have enough left over that they can make a play for Dalvin Cook. But I've been hearing Jets kind of behind the scenes for a while now. It would be a surprise, but... You know, you keep him away from the Dolphins. You keep him away from the Bills, although I don't think he wants to go to Buffalo. I think he wants to defer to his brother James yeah, right. and let him have his his time to develop and grow and shine. But uh, the Jets would make some sense if they decide to do it. The Vikings, when they traded Stephon Diggs in the very next draft, they got Justin Jefferson. He's become one of the best receivers in the NFL, if not the very best. Here he is from yesterday. He showed up. At mandatory minicamp. He doesn't have a second contract yet. He deserves it. He should get it. He was asked whether or not that uncertainty contractually is a cloud that's hanging over his head. Have a listen. I don't really see it as a cloud hanging over my head. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm still going to be myself, uh, still going to be playing the same way. Uh, the contract comes with the game, uh, but uh, my agent and stuff handles that. Will I be here? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just make sure. Uh, I mean, eventually we knew it was going to have to talk contract, but uh, just like I said, I'm here to play football and not really here to talk about contract. Yeah, look, he wasn't around for any of the voluntary stuff, and nobody really freaked out. He's doing his own thing. When you're that good, you can get away with doing your own thing. My son and I were talking about it yesterday. He's like, yeah, he just you know, sits around and plays computer games. On the computer, you bought him. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He probably has a nicer one than the one that he got from us. Our, ours is probably the one that he uses at his second home. Well, this is like, you know, this is ones that's just like, you know, duh or whatever. They're going to – he's going to get his deal. I mean, that that's going to happen. You know, and I expect it to happen, you know, training camp, some point in the early part of the season. But I think that's why he's relaxed about it. He realizes where this whole situation is. He knows how valuable he is. He's the crown jewel of the Vikings franchise right now. If they don't sign him and do right by him, you know, you're going to be pissed off. That's going to lead to more fans oh. being pissed off, right? So they're, they're, they're going to make sure they lock him up. He'll be the highest paid receiver in football i would think by week 2 or 3 of the nfl no nfl season no later than that yeah look if they don't do right by jj they may lose me forever although they may see that as an incidental benefit uh, yeah they might 
<laughs> yeah, right. You'll finally get you to be a Steelers fan. It, it, that, that's what it'll take. But yeah, I, I just wait. I, I thought I already was. I, well, you are. You're a closet case one, even an open one, full fledged, waving the towel. But yeah, him, Jamar Chase. You know, I think those are two guys we you know we look at. We know we know what's going to happen when when it's time to get it done. These teams are it's they're too important as players to what they do schematically and and their special entities and you know Justin Jefferson certainly is that the ability to get open on any given play the ability to hold on to the ball no matter how hard he gets hit just unbelievable unbelievable talent and uh yeah even as the Vikings seem to be taking a subtle step back in the hopes of taking major steps forward ideally with a franchise quarterback better than Kirk Cousins in the future. they got to keep Justin Jefferson around for that future that is yet to come. A guy who is potentially part of the past, Daniil Hunter, he's not at mandatory minicamp. He's not happy with a contract that only pays him $5.5 million this year. Kevin O'Connell was asked whether or not, despite the things that are currently happening, Hunter could end up staying with the Vikings. Here he is. I would like to think so. When I say solution-oriented, I that that is definitely one of the solutions that uh, – you know, hopefully we can work towards. I definitely see that as a as a real outcome, um, but there's a lot to be determined there, and and uh, I, I want to be very sensitive to allowing that process to play out. Uh, you know, for both our organization and for Daniil. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. I've talked to Kevin O'Connell enough to know when he's truly all in with a guy and when he's just saying what he has to say. He's gone. Well, like gone. They're trade. Well, I mean, I'm sure they 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 would like to trade him. I mean, that that's where you know we we talked about this last last week. But he's not the type of guy that I would just trade easily. You know, like we talked about last week too. I mean, the guys that get ten sacks a year and do what he does, they don't grow on trees. They don't. Where and then you got a guy over on the other side in Marcus Davenport who's got a little bit of an injury history. Where I'd be worried to go, okay, yeah, we're just going to hang our hat on him as being the top-tier pass rusher. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know where this will all come to a head or how they're going to figure this out because, yeah, I understand Daniil Hunter's probably feels underpaid, but he's also a guy that's, you know, had a neck injury that we all wondered whether that was going to be a real issue for his career. We know that scares teams away, right? So maybe they want to see another year before they properly invest in him financially. Uh, but I, I don't like, even though they might want to trade him and do that, like you're saying, I, I wouldn't give him away unless it was something really handsome. I wouldn't just go, oh, we got rid of him just to clear the books or clear the $6.5 million off of our you know, salary cap. Well, if they do that, you guys I, I really are it's... folding the tents. Well, but look, 10 sacks, who cares? Look how bad the defense was. Zadarius Smith, 10 sacks. Who cares? Look how bad the defense was. I think the addition of Brian Flores instantly makes the defense better regardless of who the players are because it's going to be scheme-driven game by game, not, def not you know, we're going to do the Ed Donatel thing that they're going to pick apart by the end of the season because they know everything that we do. They know all our tendencies, all of our tells. We're going to craft a defensive approach each and every week. I think their defense is going to be better even if they move on from Daniil Hunter. I, I, hey, ideally he stays. I'm just trying to read yeah, what O'Connell is saying. Right. O'Connell seems resigned to the fact that there's no good way out of this. And when they restructured his deal, they gave him a lot of money last year. When when you're looking at only $5.5 this year, of course it cries out for something. It cries out for something. An extension or a trade. Something's got to give because $5.5 is way too low for Daniel Hunter. 
and anyone that would trade for him had better be ready to pay him whatever he's looking for. And this is kind of the Chris Jones thing. It is. How many more of these contracts is Daniel Hunter going to get? Yeah. Not many. This is it. This is his shot. No, it, it, you know, I, I, I hear you. This is it, this is his shot. He's still young. He's younger than Chris Jones, right? So, you know, but this is the prime one here. It is, and, and I get that. But, yeah, I, I, you know, it's just I find it intriguing. And I know you bring up the point of, like, yeah, he got 10 sacks. Darius Smith got 10 sacks. And I want to go, yeah, I know, in those close football games at the end, like, that you guys won a lot, they were a big part in, like, helping you out there. What the hell would have happened if you didn't have them is what I want to say. Yeah, I mean, there have been people back there all day going, oh, hey, everybody's open. Let me pat the ball for the 74th time. I guess that's where I'm just a little surprised. I'm a little surprised, but not surprised by his take. I guess a little surprised by Minnesota just, you know, wanting to abandon ship with Dalvin Cook and now him. I'm still, I guess, wrapping my head around that whole thing. And Adam Thielen and Eric Kendricks and yeah, right. Darius Smith and Dalvin Tomlinson and the list goes on and on, although I think that's pretty much all of the list, at least for the key veterans. Let's take a break. Brian Dayball, the coach of the Giants, talked about Saquon Barkley yesterday, but he basically talked about him the way Bill Belichick talks about everything. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues. I'm not a travel agent. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Save big money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. Probably ask a couple of Saquon questions. My position hasn't changed on that uh, from a couple weeks ago. Uh, every conversation that I have about Saquon will be private. Is that a concern on your end that he feels that way about negotiations that are supposed to be private? Yeah, everything that I have to say about Saquon will remain private. When you make your plans for the future, like you know, for the season, are you planning as if he's going to be there? I'm you just planning for the possibility today. Of, what? I'm just planning for today. Have a good practice. You obviously have to do roster construction. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just worried about today right now, Jordan. Can, because he's so important to the team, can something like that become a distraction eventually? From your experience as a coach. <clears throat> I'm just focused on today, Pat. You can see that index finger on the right hand working feverishly 
out of view, he thought. But, you know, there's some tension there. He wants to just get through this. He's trying to play that Bill Belichick game. He has a lot of things he'd like to say, but I'm just going to say I'm focused on today and having a great practice. Brian Dayball, the coach of the year for 2022, has his work cut out for him with Saquon Barkley not there, and who knows what's ultimately going to happen. July 17 is the real day there. That's the day. That's the deadline for the long-term deal. They either get it done or they don't. Barkley's not happy with how they've been handling it. I think he got their attention. They're going to shut up and just work behind the scenes to try to get a deal done with Saquon that keeps him around over the long haul. And I would like to think that they, they're capable of doing that and that they're interested in doing that. I would think so. You know, I mean, it, 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 you know, Saquon, he's, he's been a good New York giant. You know, he, he, he does right. He acts the right way on and off the field. You know, battled through injury. You know, I, I know the Giants like him and want him to be a part of the organization, right? It's just, yeah, it's finding that fine line. It's tricky with the running back and the money and the situation and all that and how much money you got to guarantee and, you know, how much money you're going to give them early on in the process and, and all of that. that. That's where it, it, it's a tough one. But he is vitally important to the Giants and their success. He is that. I know that. And it's one of those, again, like we talked about yesterday, where I'd go, I wouldn't recommend sitting out the year no matter what. I wouldn't do that. But but at the same time, he's going to do what's best for him. Hopefully he's going to be in shape, ready to go. Uh, but the Giants are not going to be the same football team without Saquon Barkley. I mean, again, some of the runs he made in the playoffs, other games, whatever, they're special. Where you go, there's only a few people in the game that can do what he does. And uh, he was a huge part of why they were efficient on offense last year. And he was, of course, the most dangerous weapon they had on the offense. All right, we move on now to which doesn't belong and why. We start with the three franchise tag running backs. Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs. Which doesn't belong and why? I think my mind goes right to Tony Pollard just because he's the one that's not even 100%, right? And Jacobs and Barkley, we we know what they are. We they're top running backs in the game right now. No matter what, throw them on the field. Pollard's coming off a divisional game, broken ankle, and he's the franchise tag running back. How you know? Again, this is a guy that yeah, jamming your ankle into the ground and making sharp cuts like we're watching here in the highlights. Right? That's a big part of his game. So, yeah, that seems to be the weird one altogether just as far as what can they expect out of him, especially early in the year because I have a hard time thinking he's going to be as explosive as he normally is. I usually like to pick someone else, but I'm going to say him for a different reason. Okay. He's the most pragmatic of the three because it was back in the early days of free agency when we saw what the market was generating – for guys like Miles Sanders, who got six and a quarter million, he was, I think, the highest paid running back in free agency by the time it was all said and done. He decided, Tony Pollard did, I better take this 10.1. I'm coming off this broken ankle. They can rescind it at any time, and there's no one out there that's going to pay me 10.1 million for 2022. I'll take, or 23. I'll take it, and I won't look back. And, you know, we've discussed in recent days whether or not Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley should be concerned about that same outcome. And would they get 10.1 on the open market right now? I don't know. Jacobs would. Barkley probably would. Pollard never would have. He was smart to jump on it when he did, Chris. Yeah, yeah he was. He did the right thing. You, know, you, you talked about it at the time. That was good on you, you know, especially with that, that type of injury there, right? You know, and it was his fibula, right? So to Pete Monster, that's not... I guess specific enough. Producer Pete wants me to make sure exactly. Right, right. It's his freaking ankle. It's his ankle, Pete. Shut up. We know. 
Thank you. He broke his damn ankle, right? Some part of those bones. Now, the important part is where do you where do you where do you pay him? What what do you what do you pay these guys? That's what I, we'll get to that next. I wanted to Pollard? ask you where you want to pay Saquon Barkley. What do you think's the right number? Oh. the sweet spot. What's what makes sense if you look at what guys are being paid, his value to the Giants. That where what do you think makes sense for both sides there? The problem is once it gets to the franchise tag, the formula is pay him what he's due to make this year and next year. Combine it, fully guarantee it. $22.22 million fully guaranteed the first two years. We work out the rest of the details. That works out to, you know, $11 million a year. You can put some phony baloney numbers on the back end to drive up the average if that's important to him. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. And he says he doesn't want to reset the market. That's Christian McCaffrey around 15 or 16. But I, I, I think it's fair for him to expect 13 or $14 million average with at least two years fully guaranteed, maybe some injury guarantee into year three. Yeah, right. Maybe a little full guarantee into year three is a goodwill gesture. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I don't – one of the things I hate about the rookie wage scale and the fact that you have a fifth-year option for first-round picks, you squat on a guy for five years, then you get year six out of him via the franchise tag at running back, and then you can get a seventh year if you really want one. I mean, for a first-round running back, five years – and one tag, and we move on. And Saquon Barkley, I think, is trying to avoid that outcome. He's trying to avoid that fate where they just pay him $10.1 million for one more year, and then they just say, see you later. Yeah. Go luck, uh, good luck getting paid somewhere else after six years of NFL wear and tear. No, I, I, I know. I know. It, 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 it seems like that. But, but I, where, where I would be willing to make the investment or the risk with the Giants is I don't think this is a guy that it, it doesn't look like is coming to an end anytime soon. It's a fairly fresh, explosive, you know, and in some ways I think the injury actually benefits him a little bit or he didn't take that year of just the pounding and the wear and tear there. And then it didn't, it didn't affect him in his explosive ability like we showed in the highlight package before. I mean, he's going 95 y yards up the sideline against the Tennessee Titans. So he'd be one where, you know, if I were the Giants, I'd be going, oh, this is the kind of guy that could last, you know, eight, nine years in the NFL. And year five, six, and seven could still be special years. You know? And that's where I might be willing to take the risk. And you know he's got the work ethic and what he's made of. You know, it might make me feel a little comfortable. The McCaffrey contract and the Kamara contract are the ones that screw everything up, I think, for running backs right now and Saquon Barkley. Like, the Panthers and the, the Saints overpaid them. You know, they, they both overpaid them. And I think that make it, makes it hard in this conversation. The Camara contract is Fugazi it's on the Fugazi, back end. Right. It's got some ridiculous, right. big bloated number that drives up the average. Right. And again, that's what Saquon Barkley could have on the back end of this deal. And nobody cares because the word goes out, oh, it's a $17 million a year deal. Yeah, and it includes a $30 million final year. That yeah, Camara has a $25 million dollar final year yeah. to your Never point. Never going to get it. Right. Never going to get it. Yeah. Right. They put it on there specifically to drive up the average. Right. That happens. So... The problem with Barkley, though, he's any given year, any given week, I any know. given play yeah. away from being injured again. And you've invested all that money in a running back that maybe you shouldn't have invested that money in. So it's a tough spot for the Giants. All right. Odell Beckham Jr. spoke about his health. He had that torn ACL in Super Bowl 56. He's practicing now. And John Harbaugh spoke about Ravens receivers generally yesterday. Here's both of them. Feels good to be able to get out of bed and not feel, um, you know, pain. It feels good to 
feel like if I need to take off running right now, I could take off running. You know, it, it um, it's been a, a long journey this time around, um, and it was its own process. So I just had to take that for what it was. Above, I got this pool table. It's one of those old like um, pool room pool tables. You know, where you got to put the coin in it. Except now you don't have to put the coin in it, right? But you still got to push the button. And above that is a picture of it's Jacoby, Tory, Steve Smith are in there, and we're like doing something to practice, you know? I thought that was a good group, right? This group rivals that group, you know? And it might be the best. We'll see. I mean, that's up to, that's up to them to determine that, but I'm very excited about those guys. Now that they are passing the ball more, at least they plan to, it's more important to have good receivers. So which doesn't belong and why from these three top Ravens receivers? Odo Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers. Well, like, first off, I'm excited, too, about the potential and what they can be. But it's, you know, it's potential right now. It's OBJ off an injury. It's Zay Flowers. He's a rookie. Is he going to, you know, adjust accordingly? And then... The one I'm going to pick here for is who doesn't belong and why is Rashad Bateman. You know, Bateman is uh, he's the enigma here. He's had flashes of showing us like, ooh, whoa, he could be good in the NFL. Yeah, ooh, there's something there. But damn, it's injuries. I mean, it's it's two years in a row of injuries, and here we are in OTAs and minicamp. He's not practicing now because he just got a shot in his foot after the Liz Frank surgery and all that. So that's not up to speed, and that worries me because they're they're far more scarier or, or scary, I should say, with OBJ, Zay Jones, and Rashad Bateman. If they don't have Rashad Bateman, it's scary, but it's not quite to the same extent. Well, and I'll again pick him just because all these moves they've made from Beckham to Flowers – to Nelson Aguilar, it's kind of a concession that Bateman may not be. That we're not sure, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Right. I'm with you, Mike. Yeah, right. They kind of made these moves because they're like, man, this guy's got an injury history. He was injured in college a little bit, and here we are in the NFL. And, yeah, they they don't want to put their Super Bowl hopes on him being healthy, and I understand that. And, look, I wouldn't rule them out as kind of a quiet, under-the-radar dark horse for DeAndre Hopkins, too. Now that would really that would really alter the expectations for the Ravens offense for 2023, but it wouldn't shock me if they kind of swoop in unexpectedly like they did to get Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. No one was thinking that they were going to swoop in and get Beckham when he was getting ready to go visit the Jets. So god, what a, what a lineup that would be. But but that would make it clear that Bateman Bateman maybe gets traded to the Bills to backfill the spot that Stephon Diggs creates when they trade <laughs> Stephon Diggs wherever they end up trading him. Not that Bateman would fill Stephon Diggs' shoes either. All right, let's take a break. We are at the top three of the Chris Sims quarterback countdown with a guy who was number one last year. More PFT Live right after this. My boy Blue, giddy up! You know, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, my boy Blue. I think I got a song for him now. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, it's my boy Blue. Ha, yeah, wee-haw. They won that game because of my boy Blue. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, it's my boy Blue. Wee-haw. Oh, my gosh. Oh, horns up, horns down. Yeah. Josh Allen down from one to three, and this unlocks the mystery the rest of the way. For those of you paying attention, it's kind of like 
when they used to have like Miss America on TV, when they would announce the first runner up, you knew who the winner was. Right, right. Right. Now that we know number three, we know who number two is and we know who number one is. We already knew who number one was, but number three, down from number one, Joshua J. Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that's right. Hey, listen, this top three are, they're, they're real, they're a real deal. I hope people appreciate the era we're in here right now. You know, you talk about Josh Allen. I think the thing I would say right now, and you heard me say this earlier in the show, it's the greatest one-man show in football right now for better or for worse. And this year there was a few more, you know, maybe worse moments than we had in the two previous seasons where he was phenomenal, right? But I don't think you can really doubt the talent of the guy. He's, you know, one of, one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks in the history of football. Right. Uh, and and yeah, the team is dependent on his playmaking ability, I think, more than maybe any other team in football, just to make plays to go like, hey, we need a chunk play. It's got to be you that makes it happen. Running, scrambling, throwing a rocket down the right sideline. You know, his release, we know, Mike, it's quick as hell. You know, for the most part, he's a good decision maker. This year, he got a little greedy at times, held the ball a little too long at times. That led to some of the fumbles that he had, right? I think he had uh, five, six fumbles this year. Had a few more interceptions than years past. I think it was a little bit of greed there. Maybe feeling the pressure of, hey, wait, I got to make the play. I got to do something right now, right? Uh, I do think the arm injury affected him. I did see a noticeable maybe missing of deeper throws and aggressive throws on a little more consistent basis of missing those throws after the arm injury. But damn, Mike, like you know, this guy's he's he's a superstar. You know, it's arguably one of the strongest arms in NFL history, if not the strongest. He's one of the best running quarterbacks in the game, right? And he's tough as hell. So let's watch it a little bit because he is smart. I mean, he knows how to dissect the defense here. Look at here, peeking on the corner, sees being a little greedy on the underneath route. And this is where it's like, yeah, him, Mahomes, right? The special arms, they can make throws like that. Recognizing the blitz here, Mike, knowing, okay, wait, we're outnumbered. I got the safety in the middle of the field. Let me get this up. He's a beautiful, great deep ball thrower. He's incredible that way. And he's nuanced. Like, you're not even supposed to be looking at the post route versus a single safety defense like this. But he sees the safety kind of squatting and looking at the crossing route. And he goes, okay, yeah, you normally you don't throw this, but on this one you do. I'm just going to play ball, right? And that's where he's really, really special. He's, uh, he's incredible on the run. He's incredible running all together. I, I don't know. Other than Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, I think the next best runner in football is Josh Allen. I think you would agree with that. Right, so there's a lot of stuff that he does that's really, really special. It just got a little loose this year, and uh, not quite as on point with laser decisions and accuracy as it was in the years past. There's this organizational angst over exposing him to injury, running him too much, right? Running him just enough, and they seem to be more aware of that than other teams are when it comes to putting their quarterbacks in harm's way. But the key is, if you're going to run, no one to slide, no one to get out of bounds, no one to avoid taking that hit because with every additional hit, the chance is there that that's going to be the one that causes an injury. Of course, last year's injury happens in the pocket as yeah. he's winding up to throw. Right. But still, if you run, you can get hurt. we got to take a break. We go to number two. And I think you know who number two is. He likes to wear headbands. <laughs> Maybe we should put on headbands for the next segment. More PFT Live right after this. What do you think is the best in the world? 
there's any argument right now. That's Pat. Tell somebody, tell somebody has a better year than, than he's had. He's uh, the one to knock off. No, I don't care about that. It's uh, I know I know where I can get better. I know where I can improve, just like everybody does, and that's what really I'm focused on throughout throughout the off season, throughout the years. You know, incremental improvements to my game, and you know, if you maintain discipline, you'll get where you want to. These teams need to step their game up when it comes to having microphones available for the reporters. That was a Charlie Browns episode there. The question to Joe Burrow was, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> he, was asked, he was asked what he thinks about being number two on the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. Get some microphones, Cincinnati Bengals. Use some of that paycor money to pay for some microphones. Yeah, well, you know, that's right. Like, you know, one, it, it's, it's uh, one an honor. I'm, I'm really, seriously, I'm not even joking to, to even be brought up in the press conference. I, I, I mean that seriously. And then... You know, with with Joe Burrow, I, I love the answer. That's where I love Joe Burrow. Like, he's confident in knowing he could be the best in the world, but he's going to give you the real honest answer and go, no, 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 there's no doubt. We know who number one is right now. And that's where Joe is amazing. And he's an amazing leader and a football player, right? And uh, that's where I would start. You know, nobody plays traditional quarterback better in the NFL right now than Joe Burrow. And, Mike, I think on that point, too, and I think you would agree with this, I don't think anybody has more of an effect on their team's belief, other than maybe Mahomes, than Joe Burrow with the Bengals, right? We talk about it all the time. Oh, that guy's in number nine's here today? Oh, well, we can win. Oh, oh our, we're missing this guy and that guy and this guy? Oh, nine's here, right? Oh, then we can win. And he has that magic about him, and you know I think you would agree with that, right? And uh, I don't know anything you. I didn't mean to just jump off. Anything yes. else you want to jump no. in there? Listen, yeah. listen, yeah. Joe Burrow is the anti-Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins shrinks under the spotlight. Joe, Joe Burrow blossoms. Joe Burrow thrives in those moments. I would when it's playoff agree. time. Right. He reaches a higher level of swagger. So much so that it's like, man, it'd be even better if he played like that all the time. He plays great all the time. He reaches a higher level. He doesn't shy away from the single elimination nature. He wouldn't have thrown the ball five yards short of the sticks. I can guarantee you that on fourth and eight if they were facing it. He's in it to win it every single time. He's out to prove that he's the better team. He does not shy away from it. That's what is going to put the Bengals in contention for Super Bowl appearance after Super Bowl appearance for as long as he's yeah. in Cincinnati. That's what ultimately made him number two, right? And let's get to the tape, right? Because it is his ice in the veins. It's his play in the big moments this year. I think that you know uh, separated him from Josh Allen, right? But, but, I mean, first off, Slippery Joe. I mean, this guy, even though he's not like – Okay, running up the sidelines from 50 yards. He's one of the best in-the-pocket quarterbacks in football. He knows where to move appropriately all the time. We Their offensive line, it wasn't very good last year. It doesn't matter. He still knows how to get the ball out of his hands, go to the right place. Nobody works the offense to their advantage more than Joe Burrow in football right now. And when you talk about timing, rhythm, lightning quick decisions, precision passing, variety in throws, Burrow's, he's up there at the top of the list in all those categories. And I feel like guys like Bill Walsh, Mike Shanahan, Mike Holmgren, Don Coriel, like if they wanted to teach their quarterbacks how to play the position – 
right? You know, echo like what Carson Palmer said a few weeks ago, and we played it on here. They would show clips of Joe Burrow and be like, "Look, look what he does. Look how he stays in the position. Look at his mechanics. Look at his feet." And that's where he's awesome. Let alone the physical ability is awesome too. The mental toughness of Joe Burrow is off the charts. When you consider, in November of his rookie year, his left knee was destroyed, destroyed, caved in, hard to watch. He is completely unaffected by that when he moves around. He doesn't even think about it. It's Nothing. like it never happened. Unbelievable. Impressive. He's number two, and we'll give you number one tomorrow. Don't lose any We know who it is. Who it may be. <laughs> we'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. I'll tell you what, I got lucky. I did. I got lucky. I don't know if you guys saw the, the left foot slide there, good foot, but, um, yeah, I think that actually helped it come back over the plate. So, uh, yeah, I got lucky I didn't fall on my tail uh, and, and go viral yet again um, for the wrong reason. But, um, yeah, shout out to Bobby Witt for uh, he kind of painted that corner for me a little bit. Travis Kelsey got a second chance at a first pitch, and watch – what happened in Cleveland, that was not good. That was not good. But he was coming down to cover home plate in case the guy from third came home. The slip, obvious there with the left foot, and he's like, hey, it worked out. That slip brought the ball down. It all worked out. Pressure was on, but not here. But really, look look at the hustle. I got to cover home plate. I got to cover home plate. I got to run and hide. Oh, oh he's, he's lucky. I do see the foot slip there, right? He's good job adjusting. It was much better throw. He's not going to get, you know, clowned in the locker room there. And, damn, he's always dressed cool. I mean, look, he got the matching shoes with the shorts. I mean, he's such a man of style. He's always cutting edge. I got a feeling he's got a lot of shoes. I got a feeling he's got shoes that can match well, any he has, color out there. He has crotch sleeve. Remember, yet. he has crotch sleeve. If you got that, you know you got it all. That's right. <laughs> see ya. You got to have crotch sleeve. <laughs> On that note, see ya. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.